and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and in this next series, we are focusing on getting to know Jesus through the witness of Matthew, the former tax collector, whom Jesus called to help spread the good news of salvation. We need to trust in something that is eternal, not of this world. That is Jesus Christ, our confident hope. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to study the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what His Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the Word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dive in. We're in Matthew 13 tonight. Jesus, the greatest storyteller, speaks in parables to bring the kingdom to us. As a marketing consultant, I advise my clients to tell stories. Storytelling is one of the best marketing strategies around. Jesus was a great storyteller, thus a great marketer. What was he marketing? Well, the kingdom of God and salvation, the good news. Here in Matthew 13, we have several parables, stories. Jesus uses them to reveal truths about the kingdom of heaven. Some he explains and some he leaves for the people and us to figure out for ourselves. Now, I covered one of these in the Gospel of Luke series, and I will direct you um, to that post rather than repeating myself. I will, however, dig deeper into ones that Luke missed or that I've learned the real meaning of. Um, let's dig in. Matthew 13. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even a hundred times as much as he had, as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have, will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. That's Isaiah 6, verses 9 through 10. 
Then he continues, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last much. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted from believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the more of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. What kind of soil are you? And if you click down over to my blog and click in the middle, you'll see the link to Luke chapter 8 where I dig into this parable. Again, Matthew is writing to Jews, brings up a prophecy of Isaiah which describes what Jesus the Messiah would be doing. He called it. The question that Matthew wants us to think about in this chapter is that if Jesus is the Messiah, why can't everyone see it? It's because, because we still have the problem of hardened heart hearts. hearts. People will hear the hear truth of the good news of Jesus' of Jesus' true salvation, salvation and don't and really listen and understand. Fourteen times in the New Testament, Jesus, Jesus says something like, like anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. That projector one is in Revelation 3, verse 22. Are you listening? Continuing. The parable of the wheat and the weeds. Or the words of the tears. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven has like a farmer planted good seeds in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then danced away. When the crop began to grow and grow and grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers work went, to went to head, said, sir, sir, the field, field where you planted, planted the seed is full of weeds. weeds. Where, where, where did they come, come from? An enemy, enemy has done this, the farmer explained. Should we chew up the weeds? They asked. No, he replied, why don't the weeds need to do? Let them all follow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them. Put the Put weeds, the weeds in, the in the barn. I'm going to skip down and down to this explanation of this parable. So I'm so, um, so, um, skipping down to chapter 36. Then, then the crowd 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 went into, went into the house. His disciples explained to us the story of the weeds in the field. And Jesus replied, the son of man, man, farmer, farmer, plants the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the kingdom. The weeds are the part of people who belong to the evil ones, the devil. The enemy, the enemy planted, planted the weeds among, among the wheat is, is Satan, Satan is the devil. The harvest, the harvest is, is in the end, end of the world, world the end of the, the age. age. And the harvesters 
are the angels. Are the angels. Just as just the weeds are sorted out and out and burned in the fire, so will we be at the end of the world. The world. The son of man, man will send his angels, and they and will, will remove from the kingdom every kind of sin and all, all who do evil. And the angels, angels will throw, throw them in fire fiery furnace, where there will, there will be a gnashing of teeth. Then the then righteous will shine like the sun in their father's, father's kingdom. kingdom. Anyone who hears to hear this and listen and understand. God, God knows the good seed. He knows those that express our hearts. He'll deal, deal with each person exactly the right way. Keep this in mind before we get, we get to Matthew chapter 25. Then we have a parable of the mustard seed. I'm going back to verse 31. Here is another, Here is another illustration. Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is, it is the smallest of all seeds, but it but becomes, becomes the largest, largest of garden, garden plants. It grows, it grows into, into a tree, tree. and birds, and birds and come and make nests in its branches. branches. Okay, okay. So this is really, really short. <laughs> and, and, and you think you're a bird, birds can be the head. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, okay, birds. birds. If you go if back, you go back to, to a, a birds, birds are the devil, or Satan's. And, and they, they, uh, they, they, they see the seeds in the parable so, so they, so they represent false teachers. teachers. Now, now um, in, in my, in my, in my blog, I've embedded a video, video so it's, 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 um, it's, um, it's the birds, it's birds in the mustard tree. And, and um, uh, it's, it's really, really just interesting the way he explains it. It's the best explanation of the parable I have ever heard. Um, um, and, and, and um, um, if you go to the video, it's set to start where he tells, he tells me, but, but um, I do um, encourage you to watch from the, the beginning. Um, the, parable the parable of the geese, verse 33. Jesus also used this illustration of the heaven, heaven is like the yeast that the woman used in making bread. Even though she put a little, little yeast in every measure of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus, Jesus always saw stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never, he never spoke to them without using parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since, since the creation of the world. Psalm 72. Now, in, now the Bible, in the Bible, yeast usually represents sin, sin that's and that's the problem with it. It, it only takes, like, like yeast and dough, and dough a tiny little bit to infect the whole bowl of flour, or, or a whole congregation. On the, on the other hand, if you see yeast as truth, that's what, that's what it means to infiltrate a church and impact it for the better. Parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. These two seem similar, but they have important differences. In the first one, the man finds a treasure by accident. In the second story, the merchant is diligently seeking. 
The idea is recognizing the value of the pearl or the treasure in the good news of Jesus' true salvation. You could be anywhere and someone shares the good news for, with you. Or you can be earnestly seeking for truth in your life and discover it that way. Again, the importance is recognizing the great value of the good news and giving up your old sinful life to obtain it. That's called repentance, doing a complete 180 degree turn in your life and start following Jesus. The parable of the fishing net, verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down, and sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand all these things? Yes, they said we do. Then he added, every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. I like that. This one is similar to the wheat and the weeds. We can even go back to Matthew 3 when John the Baptist told of what would happen once Jesus the Messiah came to separate the wheat from the chaff. The message is still the same. Again, watch for this later in Matthew 25. Here, he separates the uh, wicked from the righteous, but it's also the born-again believers from the non-believers. Excuse me. <coughs> Judgment Day is coming for everyone. Those who accept Jesus' salvation are free to enter heaven. Those who didn't, those who think that they're good enough or that they follow the religion's rites and rituals, will be turned away and sent to the fiery furnace, a.k.a. hell. By the way, purgatory doesn't exist. One last interesting passage, Jesus rejected at Nazareth. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed, he's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, all his sisters live right here among us. How many sisters did he have? Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. And there's two big important points there. Mary had other children. Fact, okay, one, two, three, four sons, and we don't know how many sisters. Three, four, five sisters. So Mary could have had you know, six, eight children. Jesus had brothers and sisters, not cousins. This is one of the lies of the Roman Catholic Church. Back in Matthew 11, Jesus tells of the judgment of unbelieving towns and people. Okay, so. Um, oh, well, to wrap it up, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Here Jesus showed us pictures or truths 
about the kingdom. Altogether, they describe the kingdom as a treasure worth giving up your old lives for, and that the kingdom will go forth, but many will reject it. It would start small, but grow supernaturally. The devil will infiltrate and infect it. In the end, on the judgment day, Jesus will separate the righteous from the wicked and the believers from the unbelievers. The believers will be rewarded. The non-believers will be judged and thrown into the fiery lake where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, a.k.a. hell. I believe there are many Catholics and progressives in hell crying and asking why. They did what the false preachers told them to do. They went to church, they called themselves Christians, yet they missed the crucial step of repentance that leads to salvation through Jesus Christ alone. That so separated them from God that they will never get an answer. So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, what you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And also at the bottom of my blog, I have a song called, guess what? Born Again by Austin French. You're going to like it. It's a good song, good beat to it too. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.